We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. So again, I love Andrew. So part one in our little rundown that he writes is Andrew. What's what Andrew writes? What just happened? Part two, the Jeremy Cohen plan. Now, why can't it be the Jeremy Cohen and Jonathan Macri plan? I know you're the one that makes the PowerPoints. Sure. But we also we I guess before going into that, we should talk about the other things, right? We should talk about some of the other names that are floating out there. To me, that's that's a precursor to sure the, the what's on the table. So I'm just saying, I'm looking at the at the I, thing. Yeah, it's but in I, the first part, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm, rogue. I'm going. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm no, I'm the one that's going rogue. Um, so perfect trans. Here's a perfect transition. Uh, Jake Fisher just uh, tweeted out as we're recording this that San Antonio and Atlanta remain engaged on a larger deal centered around. Dejounte Murray and John Collins. Um, Dejounte Murray is the. Um, I would argue he's the biggest name that's been in the rumor mill since the season ended. Is Dejounte Murray a bigger name to you than Rudy Gobert? It's a tough question. I mean, it's only it's been so recent that Murray has even been known to be available publicly that it's almost like like the craziness of oh my god he's on the market has then like, like the surprise of it has shocked a lot of people and then the first See, but is like go get him I don't so okay so the, so we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're, Jeremy's gonna give you his his ideal plan about what what the next could do with the next in the next week before we do that we'll we'll talk about the names that have come up because a lot of people are asking about all of these guys and I think Murray is a good place to start because to me this is not surprising at all I wrote. As you know, I've been doing off-season primers on every, literally every NBA team. And when I wrote about the Spurs, I wrote that it would not surprise me in the least if DeJounte Murray's name came up. And it 
had for me a lot to do with the contract situation because they got DeJounte Murray at such a dirt cheap price um, two years ago. Actually, no, sorry, that's wrong. They signed him to the extension three years ago. It's two, he's been through two years of the extension. They signed it to him three years ago. Um, they did not foresee him. I don't, I don't think maybe they did good, good job by them. If they did, I, DeJounte Murray, I don't think foresaw himself becoming this sort of player because otherwise why would he have signed that contract? In any case, it's a, it's a, it's not a contract commensurate with someone who's a 25 year old all-star. And as a result of that, um, you, we have, we now exist in an age in the NBA where uh, free agency is dead um, in absent exigent circumstances, such as, Jalen Brunson, who could not have extended for more than four years at $55 million and played himself out of that market. DeJounte Murray is another example of this. Um, he cannot extend for more than 120% of his current contract, which means his extension would start at, I think, like $21 million or something. Whereabouts? It'd be low enough where he's not going to take it. Whatever. He's a, I mean, I don't know. Is it, I don't, is it, is it controversial to say he's a max player? He's a 25 year old all star point guard. No, that's not controversial. Yeah, he's a max. He's a max guy. That's what he's going to sign for. So what that means is the Spurs are not going to be able to extend him before he hits unrestricted free agency. Now, that's not a reason you trade a guy, especially with two more years on his contract. But um, if there is value to be had in the marketplace, that is why you trade a guy, which is why, again, to me, them at least kicking the tires. And we'll see if this if this Hawks trade comes to fruition, um, you know, you you, you you see what's out there. I think he's the biggest name. And then, I don't know, you want to go trickle down from there and then we could talk about what we need to talk about? Sure. You know, I mean, the thing with Murray and the Knicks is, I think the way the Knicks probably view it, obviously that the connections between Jalen Brunson and the front office, but it's, it's also that they feel they can get what they're looking for in a point guard by just paying money. They don't have to trade all of these firsts. And like, granted, like, well, why are you getting these firsts for this type of trade? I hear that completely. Well, just do an either or. What would the Knicks rather do? Trade three first, three future first round picks for Jonathan Murray, or trade no future first round picks for Jalen Brunson? Exactly, it'd be Brunson. That's yeah. it. And I get it. I I can't fault that. So and again, he, he's due for a payday soon, which isn't a reason why you don't take him. It's more just like if you think about the offensive side of it, I think that's something where the Knicks are a little bit more eager to unlock it. Like Brunson has been incredible in the pick and roll and yeah. isolation. Um, and his pull-up game's great. And like he finishes, like, there are things that DeJounte Murray does really well. Uh, it's more just, they value those picks on another player down the line. Not right now. Get Brunson for just cap space. That is how I would imagine they view it. If they thought DeJounte Murray could be one of the two, if they were, we thought without question, DeJounte Murray could be one of the two best players on a championship team. They would be on, I'm sure that, the, I, I, we shouldn't say they'd be on the phone with San Antonio right now. Like, I, I'm sure it was a reported, I think, that they checked in on Murray, as they should, because, you know, you always check in if a player becomes available. They don't view Murray as that caliber of player. And honestly, I'm like as big a DeJounte Murray fan as there is in the world. He's not the guy I'm mortgaging my future for, especially when if you bring Murray in, even if he continues to exceed expectations and maxes out his ceiling and continues to progress um, off the ball from behind the arc and he's shown progress there and like all the things. 
even if he does all of that, and that's all great, if you're trading three future firsts for him, that's your trade. You don't have anything to trade other than what's on the roster. So that it's like, I, you know, I, no, it's just that's not. They're not at that. They don't. They don't have the luxury. I, I guess would be the best way to say it, right? Yeah, I would say that makes sense. All what? roads lead back to Jalen Brunson. All, re- all roads lead back to Jalen Brunson, yeah. and 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 with that, let's keep going. So, I figured, you know, now that we know what happened with the draft, it's a lot easier to kind of pinpoint things. And so, um, I thought about in the event that the Knicks decide to try to navigate in the future under the cap instead of going over the cap because. They can do anything over the cap. It's just find salary that doesn't expire. But if they wanted to go under the cap, then I thought I thought might as well explore it. So um, I took a look around the league. This, this is not predictions or projections. This is really just like what I would do, how okay. I would navigate it and go about it. So uh, without further ado, I, I love PowerPoints. Like to present my Knicks offseason plan. Is that Brock Aller? That's up. That's Brock Aller. Yeah. Uh, handsome man. Yeah. Smart guy. So, uh, all right. Well, I just want to keep this in mind. If you are watching, just visually speaking, um, green is player option. It's more of a purple team option. Oh my God. I'm not going to be able to remember this. It doesn't matter. You don't really need to know it, but just, it, but I'm just saying it. People can always rewind if they're watching it as well. Uh, if it's written in red lettering, it's non or partially guaranteed. If it's in blue uh, as a background, it's a rookie option. And then you don't really need to worry about dead money. And then yellow backgrounds, uh, unrestricted free agent. And orange background, restricted I, I, free agent. I can't to wait to see the context in which this little one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight part key that Jeremy has made comes into play. That's well, what I'm looking forward to. Something else that kind of uh, dawned on me was when Benji mentioned in our live stream, why didn't the Knicks just stretch Kemba Walker? And I said, well, because if they want to be over the cap, then it makes sense. You know, like it's three years. If you're not near the luxury tax, it's totally fine. Unless the Knicks don't want to be above the salary cap moving forward and they don't want dead money on their books because that impedes how much money they can spend in free agency moving forward. And I've also said in the past how, well, free agency, it's not dead. It's just dormant. There aren't a lot of options that are out there. And that's still true. A lot of these guys who are in the next wave of free agent class, the 2023 class, for example, they're going to sign extensions, most likely. Like Jeremy Grant is going to sign a four-year, $112 million extension when it's probably presented to him. I would imagine the next team that has Miles Turner is going to want to um, extend him to some amount. Like The market will seemingly dry up. So you might think, well, what good is cap space? Maybe it's the sort of thing where if you're not going to be the best team, at least don't be the best team, but have avenues where you can create more money. And so basically the mindset is you go into next year being over the cap once you make the moves you make. And then after that, you try to be an under the cap team. But before I do that, I want to quickly talk about two things that are kind of... I want to say yin and yang, but they they flow together and they flow against each other at the same time. Oh boy. I, can't I don't think you can this. have one without the other. So I wanted to look at Randall and Reddish on the same team. So this is what basically the 2023, 24 season looks like. So we're it's looking right now when, at the Knicks cap sheet, not next year, but the year after that with Jalen Brunson on it, making $25 million. I just did an estimation. Same thing with Mitch. These are not, uh, you can ignore these numbers in a moment, but just for right now, 
let's say Jalen Brunson made 25 million across the board every year. And let's say Mitch made 12 million across the board every year. So in 2023, uh, the way it would work is that with both Randall and Reddish on the books with Reddish. Oh, is this Reddish's cap hold? This is Reddish's cap hold, which again, if he plays well, it's going to be higher than the cap hold. If he plays poorly, it's going to be lower. And this is uh, RJ Barrett's current cap hold, which I would imagine he signs for less, but you never really know. Um, the Knicks would basically, with Randall and Reddish and these things happening, have uh, there would be $25.5 million above the salary cap. Okay. Now, if you had Randall but traded Cam Reddish this season, then the Knicks would be above the salary cap by about $8.7 million. Okay. If you had Reddish but no Randall, the Knicks would only have $1.7 million in cap space. Keep in mind, this is also not considering um, any of the picks that they might have next year in the 2023 draft. All the picks that they're going to trade away later. Time. Sure. But even still, like if the Knicks have their own pick and they have the Mavs yeah. pick. They also have the Pistons pick, but that doesn't have a cap hold. Um, even if they consolidated, the Knicks are going to be above the salary cap in this situation too. But just ignoring that, it's only $1.7 million to spend. Okay. And if you have no Reddish and no Randall, then you're looking at $17.9 million in cap space. For 2023. In, for 2023, before factoring in um, those draft picks. And you might be thinking, well, why am I thinking about this now? And it's because I am thinking that. (laughs) Well, it's again, it goes into the facts where essentially if the Knicks want to move Cam Reddish before he would have this cap hold or a new payday, they'd have until the deadline. But as we've mentioned, they have included him in other deals. Granted, like it's different to get Ivy versus like dump him. You need to find someone that actually wants Cam Reddish. You don't just want to like treat him like crap. And then say, well, we don't really want to deal with the cap hold and all this stuff. It's just more, can you find the right deal as a result? Because maybe you don't want to deal with the cap hold. Okay. Um, so that that's just something I want to kind of like have in the background of people's minds as I go through this. So here are the objectives for what I'm working with for this upcoming season. Uh, I want to create additional, well, that should say 2023 cap space. Create additional 2023 cap space. Well, no, actually, no, I, I take that back. This year, again. Well, if your mindset is Jalen Brunson. It's creating yeah. more cap space this year. Okay. Right. Uh, it's looking to leverage any of the veterans in trades and to then create TPEs. And then it's to enter the following season, the 2023-24 season, um, below the salary cap. In addition, I'd also like to use a way to accumulate future picks. Uh, and then finally, figure out a way to invest in the youth. So uh, the first thing is really just trimming the fat. It's very easy. It's just waving Taj Gibson and oh, this hurts my soul. salary. Just hang on. Uh, <laughs> renouncing Ryan Archidiakono and renouncing Farron Hunt. We hardly knew you, Farron. Exactly. Well, you can still sign the two-way. Yeah. Um, but as you can see, it's exactly where we're at right now with the current projection, which is 16.29 or $16.3 million. Seems easy enough, right? And then when you Wait, look at... And the- that, sorry, that number is cap space. Okay, that's, great. That's cap space. That's how we get to the 16.3. Got it. Yes. And then if you look a year later, you know, like the projected amount with Randall, with Cam Reddish's cap hold, with RJ's cap hold is $23.2 million above the salary cap. Yes. So that's why if the Knicks wanted to be above the salary cap next year, this is the only year that they would plan on being under the salary cap for some time. But they may not want that, which is the example that we're trying to look through here. Okay. Um, next, goodbye, Nerlens. So, um, 
I'm presuming, and again, some of this is presumptive, being presumptuous in these areas, but if the Jazz go forward and trade Rudy Gobert for OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr., then it's the mindset of, well, they need a center and they don't really have one they can rely on. And they can't spend more than the taxpayer mid-level exception, which is $6 million. And they can't trust Udoka Azubuke. And Hassan Whiteside was not starting caliber. So which direction do they turn to? And well, they have a $9.8 million trade player exception. He seems Nerlens fits in seamlessly. That works beautifully. So that's kind I of I gotta like, tell you, that's not nuts. It's not nuts. That's and not nuts. Here you go. You got $24.5 million in this year, this summer that you have now created. Uh, you do also have a roster charge on the books. Basically, if you have under 12 uh, players under contract or have their cap holds, you get a roster charge for each open spot. It's just the minimum amount. It, it goes away when you replace that player, but that's basically the situation. So we're 24.5, right? And theoretically, you could sign. Jalen Brunson, um, but we're not there yet. And I will explain why in a second. Are we, we good? Yeah, I, I think so. Okay, cool. So next. So long. Cam Reddish. I know this is not going to be a popular move. I still feel that the way the Knicks have been treating Cam is they just see him as a better asset than that Hornets pick. So assuming that the Lakers don't go balls to the wall getting... Kyrie and trading Russ and both their firsts. I think they still make sense as a partner. They made sense to me beforehand, or at least it seems so with the trade that they had in mind. So I've got the Lakers receiving Cam Reddish. The Rockets receive Kendrick Nunn. They receive $2.2 million in cash from the Knicks and a future Knicks second. And then the Knicks receive Sterling Brown and 2027 Lakers first wow. lottery protected. Lottery, specifically lottery protected. Um, let me, let then, me backtrack, then for, for, let me backtrack for a second. Yeah. Um, so the, the reason the Knicks would be sending $2.2 million is because the difference for the Rockets between Sterling Brown and Kendrick Nunn is uh, $2.2 million. So that okay. kind of covers them there. And they're um, cheap. And they are cheap. They do get some sort of future second as a way of taking on a better player. They maybe shouldn't, but Listen, you're, if you're the Knicks, you're trying to get a lottery protected first. Uh, the way I see it for the Knicks is they basically be that pick would be lottery protected in 2027 and 2028. If it does not convey in either years, then the Knicks would be getting the 2028 second that the Lakers still might have, as yeah. well as the 2029 second. Um, again, like this is this is the nature of the playing field for first round picks. They're heavily protected or they are protected. It's rare to get an unprotected pick unless it's in a star trade. Uh, with all due respect to Cam Reddish, this is not a star trade. I also think that because the Lakers would be getting Cam and they can, they're trading a clutch player for another clutch player and they're trading a better player. Um, Kendrick Nunn did not play at all. He logged the same amount of minutes as we did, which is not great. It was a deep bone bruise in his knee. Maybe it's better, but at least like what you're selling or what you're trying to sell is let's get a younger, better player. We know we have to pay him, but we see him in the defensive versatility and the shot making and all this is maybe a little bit better than what Kendrick Nunn provides. I'll say this. If, if there's, if there's a team out there that would, that would, that would, you know, buy, buy high on cam, I could see it being the Lakers. And wasn't it the fact that the reason why the Knicks and Lakers did not work out a deal is because reportedly the Knicks held out for a little too much. 
Uh, yes, but it's unclear about where they holding out for more from the LA thing. or Toronto. Right. Yeah. Even like Burks is not in this deal. So it works out just fine. Okay. So, uh, we're at 27.5 really million dollars. Yeah. This summer, which is, we're moving our way. Yeah. Also do other things where it's like, instead of dumping salary like this, cutting salary, you, instead of cams, uh, 6 million or almost $6 million salary, you're taking back half of that. And you could kind of do that with Noel, you do it with Burks and all these other guys. But to me, it's probably easier to just dump one of these players that's making nine, 10 or so million dollars and then do something like this. I would agree. So the next move, what everyone's waiting for is signing Jericho Sims to a big league contract. Um, this was easy. It's the same amount as the roster charge. So that roster charge goes away, but and his salary appears. So it's still $27.5 million. Um, the reason why I'm signing Jericho Sims to caps out of cap space is because you can sign him for up to four years with cap space. Whereas if you sign him to the minimum uh, contract on the room exception, it's only up to two years. Yeah. So it's just a, it's exactly what the Knicks did where last year they signed Deuce McBride first. That was the very first non Quentin Grimes move that they made because Grimes had a cap hold and it already took up money. So we're the same. And now we can move on to Jalen Brunson, where Leon gets his Brunson. Yeah, uh, that was well done. Thank you. So the Knicks acquire Brunson for four years, $100 million. I have via sign and trade. I want to talk about that again in just a second. But I still maintain a descending contract of 5% is best. Um, and also give Brunson a player option in year four for a couple of reasons. Number one, if you give him a descending contract, the least amount he would be making is the year he'd be opting out. So that's like a different, if it were an ascending contract of 5%, because remember, you can't give 8% raises to Brunson. The only team that can do that is the Mavs. So you're basically inviting him to opt out. If he wants it, essentially. But that's but 2025 is also the year where the salary cap shoots up. So if there were a situation where a star, two stars came to play and you had the money to do it, Leon's not necessarily trading Jalen Brunson. It's Brunson opts out. The Knicks get better, I mean, whatever it is. I think where the, they retain him. I think the player option is, you know, is a nice, nice little perk. Um, well, yeah. yeah. The thing about the Mavs that I think people should kind of keep in mind is, yeah, he could get five years, but then he'd also hit the market when he's 30 as opposed to 29. And also when the cap increasing his wage kind of stays lower. Whereas if he had the player option, he get, he could test the market earlier, especially if he has more responsibility in New York, he could even, he could make more money here. He could make more money elsewhere. It's the thing about the, the five years. I don't, I mean, look, I, God knows. I don't know Jalen Brunson, but it, it would seem to me that this is a guy who, you know, especially now. And after what he did in the playoffs, like, I, I don't know if the, the security of that fifth year. Like, I don't, let me rephrase that. I'm sure he'd love to have a fifth year because what player wouldn't want a fifth year? I don't get the, I, I'm for based on the reporting, at least I don't get the sense that like getting him that fifth year would get him to reduce what he would accept in average annual value. Like I, I would be very surprised if the Mavis were able to get him for like five for one ten or five for one fifteen. I think I think that $25 million a year number that keeps getting thrown around and we, we're using here, um, I think that's the number for a reason. So, like, maybe if the Mavs offered him five for 125, 
that would make a difference. I don't, and I don't think they're going to offer him that. So yeah. Yeah. And that's again, like the reason why I'm having it descending. If we're talking about a hundred million dollars, it starts at 27 million, uh, and $27 with the 5% decrease. So that's why we've created as much cap space as we have. Um, we're now at $458,000 in cap space, uh, and 96, $458,096, you know, but you can kind of throw it out. Um, although I feel like, you know, 458,096, it's like rent, you know, $458,096. Anyways. So, um, I, I shout out to anyone who actually appreciates that. There's a small niche of theater people who also like, that. I used to, it's I used like, to run it's like two. It's like the circles don't really overlap at all, but I'm sure there's some, I used to run to a, a dance version of that song. That's how messed up I am. Yeah. So, Here's the, I guess, the question that we then, the philosophical one, so be it, is the Knicks have found a way to create a situation where they now have leverage. Whereas before, yes, they would have to work with the Mavs to get Brunson. They can turn around and say, up yours, Dallas. We can do, if we're getting Brunson, we don't have to involve you at all. Here's where things get interesting. So as we talked about, a sign and trade would be half of this. So it'd be a little over $13.5 million um, that the, of a TPE that the Mavs would receive. You can't do Randall for Brunson. doesn't work. The question is, should the Knicks give the Mavs a trade player exception or not? It's conflicting because on one hand, why are you making the Mavs better when you hold their draft pick, even if it's protected? On the other hand, you could get a TPE out of it and you might be able to find a way to then turn the tables and leverage the Mavs out of more additional assets. Like, is it worth the Knicks? Is it worth it to the Knicks to get, um, I think a second or two seconds, two seconds in this case. And then maybe the Knicks send uh, Trevor Keels because of the fact that there was a report that the the Mavs are interested in him. And yes, did the Mavs trade into the draft to get uh, Jane Hardy or Hardy? Excuse me. Hardy. Yeah, they did. But that also, I mean, Theo Pinson's likely to remain. He's not eligible for a two-way contract. Anyway, the Mavs could just put Trevor Keels onto a two-way contract, and then they could basically do um, sign and trade Brunson for Keels because Keels doesn't have a cap hold because he's a second-round pick. Mavs get a TPE, and then they could either work with the Knicks or not. Like, if you're the Knicks, does it really behoove you to I, unlock that pick? I don't. Maybe it does if you can find a way to dig deeper into the 2025 first and really sink your teeth into it that way. But that's also asking for a lot. I don't know if the Mavs would be interested in that. In what? I don't know if the Mavs would be interested in like, okay, we can unlock your 2023 first and you get a TPE, but also you give us, you know, like you protect the 2025. I don't, I don't think they'd be into that, but I don't, I don't think the Knicks, I don't think the Knicks would care that much about the Mavs unlocking the 2023 first. I think they would. Just look. Because you never know what's going to happen. You never know. What happens if that pick somehow lands 10th, right? And we're talking about the Knicks could have just had the 10th pick, but they didn't unlock it. But if you're the Knicks, you're probably betting on that pick not being 10. You're probably betting on it being lower, 15, 20, whatever you want to call it. it. The Knicks just will want. Here's the other thing, too. It locks up the Mavs because the earliest pick they can trade is 2027. And if they're trading the 2027 pick then the next trade the next pick they can trade is a 2029 pick which means that they would only have two first round picks that they'd be able to trade 
this year if that pick is not unlocked. So I was even thinking something along the lines of like the Knicks actually give the Mavs back their 2023 first and instead get a distant Mavs first that has far lesser protections. To me, if I was the Knicks, I would much rather have that. I would much rather have like a 2028 or 2029 Mavs first that's like top four protected. I I understand, but I wouldn't because of the fact that, again, I really want the Knicks to trade up in next year's draft. I don't have a better opportunity of doing that with the 2023 first. I understand you're banking on Luca to leave. I get that. I, I'm but, just way too high on Luca. I think I just don't see that there's any. I mean, I, look, I hear you, but but the West is getting really competitive. I mean, how like we just talked about the Suns, right? If they're getting Kevin Durant, the Clippers are going to be healthy. No, um, I know the Grizzlies are a good team. The Warriors just won the title. Uh, there are just a lot of other teams that are up and coming. We saw the Pelicans. Um, I, I guess if you're job. if you're asking me to pick one of two scenarios, the Mavs are a play-in team or the Mavs win the championship. I'm probably picking the Mavs win the championship. But then how are like, for example, Brunson played a huge role in getting them to that point. If they're losing Brunson and replacing him with a player that fits into the trade player exception, how is it that they get necessarily get back to that point when the West gets deeper and it gets I, stronger? Than I, I think, I think Luke is done fucking around. And I think we're also going to get a full season without KP, who I think was a cancer on that team. And they had to, as, as Mike Bassick said on this podcast a few weeks ago, had to, you know, deal with his personality and, you know, get him shots and the whole thing. I listen, we, we, we don't have to have the Mavs conversation about what they're going to be next year, but like, I, I get where you're coming from. At least. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. 
Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about Factor. Factor makes it easy to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Factor saves you time by delivering chef-crafted meals to your doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep. Not to mention cleanup. No dishes to wash here. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. And with 29 meal options each week, I'm never bored. Going off script for this next part to tell you just how convenient and delicious I've found Factor. My to-do list is usually never-ending, whether it's producing this show, hosting my own show final review, preparing a proposal in Long Beach, doing my taxes, or whatever else. I rarely have time for meal prep. When Factor sent me a box to test out, I chose the extra protein option. They sent me a week's worth of meals, and I had no idea just how convenient this was going to be. Each meal comes pre-prepared. You just put it in the microwave for two minutes, wait another two minutes for it to cool down, and boom, in four minutes, my meal is ready and it's delicious as well. Last night while I was editing this podcast, I heated up the pork shepherd's pie with white cheddar, Yukon mash, and roasted green beans. Not only was the prep time non-existent, but I was able to get a lunch break in and still get the podcast out for all of you to hear without taking a significant break. They have plenty of other meal options as well. There's vegan and veggie meals, keto, low-calorie options, cold-pressure juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein, the one I chose, veggie sides, and more to keep you fueled and focused all day long. Don't hesitate. Head to go.factor75.com slash filmschool120 and use promo code filmschool120 and get $120 off. That's code filmschool120 at go.factor75.com slash filmschool120 for $120 off. All right. So next are close to being a cap space team. Uh, let's sign Mitch, right? So. I have the Knicks re-signing him for four years, $44.5 million. That's the mid-level exception. Uh, as I said, I would be comfortable paying him up to $48 million. His market has really cratered, so to speak. Just seems a like of, it. A lot of options that are not on the board. So to me, it would be the Knicks saying, this is what we're offering you. If you can find a better offer, go for it. This is really the high end of what teams can do without the Knicks doing a sign and trade. So I said, let's just do this. Um, he would not be doing the MLE. The Knicks, in my mind, would be signing him to a contract that descends by 8%. So it's the same money as what he would, got, what he would have gotten for the mid-level exception, but it goes down over time. And also, it's structured in a better way that's more team-friendly. So again, same money, just descending. Um, so it would start out at a little over $12.6 million this upcoming season. 
the year after that, it would be 11.6. And then um, ultimately, I think it'd be like 10 something and then nine something. But again, it's the same money. Wendell Carter Jr. has Wendell Carter Jr. has the same structure in his contract. Um, and it's actually for four years and $48 million. He did really well last year. He also spaces the floor much more than Mitch does. So I think it makes sense to sign Mitch for like, less than what him, what he's doing and on a yeah. similar structure. I like that. Um, so right now, the Knicks are over the cap. They are over the cap projected the following year, but we still have some work to do. When you're saying right now they're over the cap, you're talking about after they after do everything, everything that everything. I've laid out, they are over you. the cap. Okay. So next, uh, goodbye to Alec Burks. Uh, listen, I know that Burks should not have been a point guard. He was very much miscast in his role. And I think as a result of that, teams recognize this is a good player and we can get him for really cheap. And there are several trade player exceptions that are available. Um, the Mavs, if the Knicks do a sign and trade, could get Alec Burks. Uh, the Clippers have a sign and trade and they could honestly, I mean, they could use a point guard, but they could also use what Alec Burks provides, which is some sort of dribble penetration. Um, the Celtics have the Evan Fournier trade player exception that the Knicks helped give them. So to me, I don't think it's out of the question that Burks could net a heavily protected first round pick. Ooh. I love it. I hope yeah, you're I'm right. Saying it will happen. <laughs> I just, I see a situation where like I hope there are right. teams that are going to be interested in him. Um, and so by doing this and dumping him into a trade player exception, that creates a $10 million trade player exception for the Knicks. So that's an avenue to add more money down the line, right? Like if another team, like the Pelicans, for example, if they feel like they're spending too much money and they want to dump Garrett Temple, who essentially has an expiring contract, there's a, I think it's non-guaranteed in the 2023-24 season, but if he's not playing and the Knicks want to just take on his money for some sort of sweetener, that's Brock Aller's wet dream. That would be perfect. So, uh, and then his money comes off the books for the 2023-24 season. That's the thing to keep in mind. But we're still over the cap now. We're over the cap next season. Let's move on um, to the eighth point, which is uh, bringing back Taj. Taj five ever. So the Knicks use the room exception on Taj. This is the most important part of the plan, by the way. 100%. Um, And it has to kind of be in a sequential order. Like You can't give Taj the room exception unless you are over the salary cap. Because then like it's just not available to you until you get over the salary cap. Um, so the, so basically, like I said, second year would be non-guaranteed. It's the same thing that the Knicks did the year before where it's, we're not going to be using this on really any free agent because we believe in the guys who are on this team. And then, um, we're cool with it and we'll just pay Taj a little bit more as a, as a, you know, like another assistant coach. Yeah, exactly. So it's no skin off their backs. And then we get another John Hollander tweet asking like, why is Taj Gibson making this much money? It's like, I don't know, dude, it's pretty easy. uh, And none of us has been a general manager and we can figure this out. Anyways, (laughs) the next one. Uh, Oh, there's more. There's more. There's two more. This is the, this is the second to last one. Then we get the last one. Okay. Uh, So this is the Knicks trading Derek Rose. Listen again, I understand I've talked about Rose and why I feel like if you have Brunson and IQ and to a lesser extent, but still an extent deuce on the team, you don't necessarily need Derek Rose. Just a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Um, To me, I think the Celtics are a perfect team for him. And I really hate saying that because you know how much I do not like Boston sports, but you're talking about a team that where the biggest looming question is we need a player who drives to the rim more than Marcus Smart does. 
more than Derek White can. That's that's Derek Rose. And so the fact that he can squeeze into that Fournier TPE, assuming Burks is not going in there, let's say he goes to, I don't know, Dallas or LA instead. That's then where it works out. Ideally, it's a heavily, heavily protected first. I'm talking about like Celtics give a top 20 protected first. Man. Um, that sort of thing. But it might also be like top 20 protected for top 22, top 20. It, 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 it could be anything, but like, again, this is what you would do. So this is what I would do. And then okay. it could turn into, I don't know, two seconds or something like that. But that would be in a few years. It likely convey because the Celtics are a really good team. Then that also gives the Knicks a $14.5 million TPE. So if you're looking at the amount that the Knicks are spending right now, it's $8.8 million they have in cap space, but it's red because they don't have cap space because they're actually operating as an over-the-cap team because of the traded player exceptions with Burks and with Rose. It's similar to what the Thunder were doing a couple of years ago where they had next to no money on the books, but they had Gallinari's cap hold and all sorts of other players that they were able to just... or, or uh, Excuse me, not his cap hold, this TPE. Like they were able to operate as an over the cap team, even though they had less than the amount for under the salary. below the salary floor. Yeah. And if for whatever, well, if for whatever reason the Knicks can't sign Taj, the room exception, and then go back under, which to my knowledge is not the case. But if that is so, um, they can rectify that after the final move that I would make. It's going to cause some ripples. It's not going to be great. That's okay. I'm very excited to see what whatever the hell this last thing is. Well, let's let's talk it through. First of all, I, I do just want to say that in the trade I floated before, I mean, that the Gordon Hayward one. Bucks? No, no, no. Uh, a trade involving Pirtle. I'm not saying get Pirtle. I'm just saying uh, okay, in that yeah. trade, what pick did I float the Knicks getting? I floated I f- the Milwaukee pick. Okay, yeah. Came right to Papa. <laughs> One way or another, it wasn't in that way. But, but so here's what I do. We're, we're trying to figure out a way where we create cap space we, for 2023-24. We find playing time for the youth. So here's what I'm doing. I've got Julius moving. I have Julius going to the Utah Jazz. Here's why I've got him going to the Jazz. Well, first of all, the return in my mind would be Boyan Bogdanovich, Juancho Hernan Gomez, and a protected 2028 first. Top 10 protected. The reason I've got it. Well, number one, I just, I don't see how this gets resolved without Julius moving. Earlier in the episode, uh, whether it was this one or, the, or part one, John, you had mentioned how they need to find a way to like get back to those vibes that they had before. And if they're not moving Tibbs out of here, and they're not, and they're not moving really a lot of the other players, it's up to Julius to add the extra effort. And I don't know if that bridge has been burned or not. From the outside looking in, I then when you factor in Obi and playing time, sure. I, like I, I just again, I, I understand that people are very dubious of the fact that he would move and that the Knicks are committed to building around him, and it's fine. But like this is this type of trade is why you extended him. Um, it's to get you get expiring salary back, you get a first round pick back, and then you get to clear the opportunity for the younger players to play. Um, but I just want to say why I'm choosing the Utah Jazz. Again, this is on the condition where we already traded Noel to the Jazz. Gobert has been dealt. It's OG and Anobi, and it's Gary Trent Jr. on the Jazz. Okay. If you're Utah and you see all these other teams around you improving, that's something to do, 100%. But you also need more. 
And I think that you can create a situation, especially if you find a way to move Conley for even matching salary of a similar player, because word on the street is uh, Jake Fisher reported that the jazz are looking to potentially move him. Yeah. He's available. As he, um, as he should be available. He's, he's maybe on his last legs. Right. So you could, if you move him in a separate deal, you could then still have a starting lineup of essentially Donovan Mitchell at the one where I think he's much more. Maybe that's the big, the yeah. Maybe that's the big change they make next right. year is they play him more at the one. You get Gary Trent Jr. in there. Um, you have OG Ananobi at the three. You have Randall at the four. And then you have New Orleans at the five. I understand that spacing might be a little bit more of a concern, but that's really more at the four five. And I think Randall gets better looks because Donovan Mitchell is playing with him. And Gary Trent Jr. is a really good shooter who has gravity. And um, OG Ananobi is, is, I mean, he's better defensively, but he's good there. Uh, Danny Ainge really loved Julius Randall dating back to the draft. Obviously, that was eight years ago. So, Things could change. His contract lasts through 2025, where there's a player option, lines up exactly with Donovan Mitchell's. I think if you're the Jazz, you can essentially replace a lot of the production you would have gotten from Boyan Bogdanovich with Joe Ingles returning on a minimum contract. That's interesting. Um, the money is actually, I think the money benefits the Jazz. Well, it's about the same because when you factor in Randall getting traded and his cap hit going up, it's, um, let's see, Bogdanovich is making 19. Point Six, uh, Hernan Gomez is on a non-guaranteed contract that would be guaranteed. So we were talking about a 20, 26 point, um, $26.9 million. That's a, around the same that Randall would be getting if he's traded. So the money is kind of a wash there. And I think the appeal for Utah is you say Donovan Mitchell, well, we've added better players, the two, the three, and the four. And we downgrade the five, but it was at the benefit of getting better perimeter talent. And we still have a good rim protector because we know Utah dating back to the Walt Perrin era. That's yep. significant. They love their rim running fives so, um, who are not necessarily high usage, but Gobert is more because that's just how he's been featured. So in addition, so regards to Julius, um, in addition to trying harder, he just, what, what, what level of confidence do you have that um, he's going to, in the proper headspace this year and if if there is anybody left out there and I'm sure there are people who are like no we need to give Julius another chance I would I would <laughs> I would posit to you if the year starts out and it's more of what we got last year like what what, what are you supposed to do if you're the Knicks uh, I, I I don't have an answer to that question because I don't think there is a good answer um, this would be a dream come true and I'm assuming the reason you're angling for this is because Bogey, obviously, as you could see from anybody watching on YouTube, is expiring. And then next year, um, it opens up uh, what is more roughly max cap space for a, a zero to six year player. Um, no. It, well, that's that's if you didn't include Obi Toppin or Quick. It's it's probably closer to $18.1 million. But the salary... Here's the thing. Salary cap could go up from what's estimated at 127. We know this year it was higher than initially projected. Um, but then you could also factor in draft picks, as I said, which have a cap hold. The bottom line, I guess, is like, and what you're saying in terms of with Randall, if things start out poorly and he's still here, the front office knows that they're not going to hitch their wagon or hitch their ride to a wagon that might lead them down the wrong path. And if things go get sour quickly, then they need to move Randall. This at least you can move him to a team and say like, 
Julius, you don't have to be the focal point, but you still can be because when other players have, like Don has a miss, mismatch of some sort, um, you can still be the playmaking big and create more space. And like Will Hardy is the leading candidate for Utah now, as opposed to Johnny Bryant, if you yep. believe that rumor. Um, he comes from the Spurs system. I think he can reorganize the offense and also the much of the bones would still be there. Like if you're the jazz, you can still keep Royce O'Neal, who's a fine piece, but you can have him off the bench where he's probably much better suited. Um, to me, it's just like, it's not the most seamless fit, but Bogdanovich was also playing the four where he's not supposed to be playing. He's his whole career has been much more of a three. So if you're the jazz, you're getting a natural four who can also go small when necessary. Having Randall be a small ball five, that can help you out a lot. You could like a lineup of in the playoffs of let's see, um, Mitchell O'Neill or Mitchell Trent Jr. O'Neill Ananobi and Randall like that. That gives you a lot more versatility than you deal with right now if you're Utah or dealt with um, where you also can't necessarily have Gobert there because he can't be on the perimeter because he's better off guarding the rim, protecting the rim. At least if you have better um, point of attack defense then that lets someone like Noel kind of like do his thing and not have to worry as much about chasing smaller players out there. So again, like I, I'm not saying this is the most doable thing. This is all in my mind. We can all like you, I create whatever I want. I don't really care what the the pushback might be. Uh, It's more just like, this is how you also say to Donovan Mitchell, this is a way for us to get better because there really aren't a whole lot of other options where if you're trying to get him to stay, where you keep him in the building for two to three more years. Um, okay. So a couple of things I, I was with everything in terms of like likelihood um, and like, for, for, let me even take another step back. I co-signed. I pretty sure everything that you had on here, because like the Knicks are just getting like future first round picks left and right. Ideally, uh, of course. Yeah. Trade player exceptions. Just any other thing. Sure. Um, I think everything is likely in terms of whether they would do it. I, <laughs> I don't know that I, I think the Knicks want to hang on to Derek Rose. I would love if they moved him for a, a, a protected pick. Um, I don't think they will. I just, I, this is just a gut feeling. I think they want him back. And I think they feel like he's an integral, you know, part of their team, even though he's a 34 year old man um, who just played 27 games. As for Randall, I mean, again, this is the question we've been talking about for two months. So I don't think I have much more to say on it. I, I will believe another team is willing to take the risk when I see it. And if anything, and this, this, um, you know, we didn't do it here, and we—I think we dabbled on it in the Brunson cap or no cap. If anything, I think Dallas, and I understand it would require them sending money, probably to a third team. Uh, Dwight Powell would be my guess. To me, that's the team that if there's going to be someone who's kind of desperate enough to take a chance that Julius Randle is, is going to be able to figure it out, it's them because. Again, if you're losing Jalen Brunson to the Knicks, beggars can't be choosers, and you you have to replace him, I would think, with something. And I understand in your scenario, you're creating a traded player exception, and like maybe 
you know, the Knicks send someone back to that. Maybe they sign someone else at that traded player exception. I don't know. I, I wonder if the I wonder if the Mavs would be like, you know what? We could always improve Randall's value and flip him at a later time. Um, I wonder what the Knicks would ask for. I would imagine they would ask for a future first round pick. Um, and again, the money would be dicey because there would need to be money going out to a 13. Um, that's the team that I would have my eye on. I don't think they're going to do it. I think Julius Randall is going to be here next year. I hope to God I'm wrong. So, so sure. Two things. Uh, even if we may feel Derek Rose is still here um, in my world, I am moving him for a trade player exception and I'm clearing the opportunity for Emmanuel quickly. This is not, again, I said at the top, this is That's what I would want to do. Too. These are not predictions. This is what I would do if I were in charge because I have the ability now to say what I would do what I, if I were in charge, um, knowing full well that probably all most, most of this is not going to come true. Um, with Dallas, the whole point, if we're trying to create additional cap space in 2023, as you're saying, the money doesn't really benefit the Knicks. Bertans has money that's owed to him in 2023 and I believe 2023, 20, 2024. Uh, so is, is Dallas paying another team more to send out that money? Or to do something with that, it's a lot to offer. I, I agree. It's it's it. You, would, I have it as being Powell. I think Powell Powell works. The math works there. Um, if you're the Knicks, you don't. I understand he is also an expiring player, but you're trying to. Oh, I don't think the Knicks want Powell. I think right. I think you're sending Powell to a third team, and someone has to is going to have to pay a little tax for that, which is why I don't think it's likely. Right, but that's if base your compensation weren't a thing, and the Knicks could do a sign and trade for Jalen Brunson um, and uh, Julius Randall and the Knicks get more back because Randall's the one under contract currently and Brunson is not. That'd be great. But I, because that can't happen, I have trouble seeing Randall getting back to Dallas unless it's Dallas paying the Knicks for taking on a lot for, you know, salary they don't necessarily want, or it's the three team deal you're describing, but then Dallas has to pay the Knicks for, Randall and also yeah. to pay the other team for taking on unwanted salary. Exactly. That's why I did not factor in Dallas into this equation because it just, it does not mesh with the objectives. I agree. It is unlikely, but I just wonder if Dallas is facing the prospect of Brunson walking out the door. Um, would they not kick tires on that? Well, but if you're the Knicks also, as much as we talk about, Randall in a somewhat negative light, wouldn't Randall be making the Mavs better, which then devalues your pick? I, like, why would you trade Randall, who's going to command a lot of attention and potentially play better with Luca when I that think that's the value of your pick? I think that's part of the calculation. Again, I'm I am personally operating under the assumption that the Knicks are not counting. Regardless of anything that happens in the next two weeks, I don't think the Knicks are counting on the 2020. I know you're saying the West is better, the whole thing. I, I just I can't get there. I think the Mavs are going to be really good, regardless of if Jalen Brunson is on the Mavs or not. Um, but being better in the postseason is also different from the regular season. If you no, think they're I, a championship caliber team, that's fine, but that doesn't mean that they're going to have an easy way through the playoff or through the regular season. And, well, listen, and I, I just want to yeah. add one more thing, which is that yeah. we're all on the same playing field here in terms of like the belief that until Julius Randall's gone, he's still on the team. So yeah. I'm not saying like I have said, 
in order to clear time for Obi Toppin, they need to move Julius Randle. That also does not mean that I feel like Julius Randle is guaranteed to go. I just don't see how they can create a situation where the two can coexist when Tibbs doesn't even play the two together. And my biggest critique of the front office as of now, and this will change if they move Randall, is if they just think they could run Randall back here and keep their fingers crossed that everything's going to be fine, that to me would be a gross, potentially gross miscalculation, which is why I, like you, very much hope they move on from him, whether it's to Dallas, Utah, or Timbuktu. I don't really give a fuck. Um, I just want him off the team, but that's me. The also thing is, uh, the other thing is the conspiracy theory in me is Julius Randle went to the Mavs jazz game to see the jazz, his new team. <laughs> but anyways, uh, let me wrap this really quickly. Um, here's the rotation that I would have in mind. And I say this because Tibbs would have some sort of an effect, even though this is not, I know the presentation I have is ideal and this is then not, but bear with me. Um, Brunson, Fournier, Barrett, Top, and Robinson quickly. Grimes, Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, Bo Cruz, I mean, Juancho Hernan Gomez, uh, Sims, and then McBride, Sterling Brown, two minimum players, and Taj. Yeah, I would love to see Grimes ahead of Fournier. I think you could definitely say the defense, similar to last season with Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier, uh, wasn't great. And you could just flip Fournier and Grimes and have a more compatible situation. My thinking here, just trying to also take Tibbs into consideration, because even though a lot of this is what I want, I'm still trying to figure out some of the realistic factors that might come into play is Tibbs being like, I'm not starting four guys under the age of 25. I'm just not doing it. I'm starting Fournier because I know I can trust him. <clears throat> and then I have three, th- I have three players under the age of 25 with one rotation and three players under the age of 25 with the other. Because Tibbs doesn't really, I mean, he does more hockey lines as opposed to like integrating them as opposed to the fourth quarter. Uh, so that's the thing. And then lastly, I mean, what do we accomplish, right? I made more cap space for Brunson, uh, added more future picks at our disposal, created TPEs, then take on additional expiring salary um, for future picks as a result. Uh, clear time for the core. You know, I mean, I trade Cam, but. 60% of the rotation is still Listen, under the age 25 years can, old. And if one of, if like, if someone gets hurt, Deuce is right there. Um, can we just, so uh, Cam, uh, Cam's not going to be a Nick in two weeks. Cam's gone. Like just everybody needs to accept that and move on. I'm sorry. I just need to get that out. Right, Keep going, please. Uh, you get $18.1 million in cap space in the 2023 season where you could do with that as you please. Um, could be more if the cap space, if the salary cap goes up, could also be less depending on, if it stays there and the Knicks have two 2023 picks and depending on the amounts that each cap hold has, um, I should also say, I don't, I'm not saying this is a good team. I think you could say this is like a 40 win team with a margin of error of four wins and losses either way, which I know is kind of like painting in broad strokes, but so be it. But this also sets the Knicks up specifically as well for 2025 where my mad scientist theory about being able to trade for a really great prospect next year, getting everything in line where you still have youth, cost-controlled players, and then you strike when the best free agent class we've seen since 2019 comes aboard during a time where the salary cap increases by a lot. So that, my friends, well, is my plan. 
and we should welcome in Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Hi, guys. Lou. I apologize. Um, thank you to the Long Island Railroad for their determination. Wait. Anytime you need to get to point B to make it take as long as possible to get there. But we already I, shouted them out earlier. Yes. Thank you. Th- thank you. Uh, our public transit system. Um, I like Jeremy's plan. I'm with John that I'm resigned to the fact that Julius is here. So I'm, I'm hoping Jeremy's plan becomes a reality. Um, but yeah. we'll see. Should be a fun week. Cynical fucks. Not cynical. Oh, realist what? in realism, man. I'm, I, this pr- I will just operate until I'd love for them to surprise you. But that's they, all. I mean, you you can can't you be realistic and cynical at the same time? Aren't I doing both? I'm right. being that's real. So oh, so, so, so being, well, Jeremy. Based on the last I, couple of days in the world, that's kind of safe to be cynical. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to go there, but sure. don't have to go there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I I really wish. I thought the organization uh, felt it was imperative to move on from Julius Randall. And I wish opening up time for Obi Toppin was a big part of that calculation. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either is true. Again, this is one of those things I, I would, I really want to be proven wrong about. So we'll see. All right. Well, doubt Brock all at your own peril. <laughs> uh, Andrew, anything from you before we get out of here? No, just uh, I'm not sure if the guy said it earlier in the show, but once the NBA officially announces when free agency is, we will plan a live show around it. Um, Jeremy's got cream uh, capitals, everything around me on Wednesday. And I guess just one final shout out to uh, the unanimous rookie of the year, Chris Percy for season one of draft class. Um, he, he knocked it out the park. This year, uh, we've seen an uptick in in all of our uh, uh, performance on YouTube and, and downloads and stuff because Gen Z supports their their own, and uh, we appreciate you tolerating us as old farts. Yeah, Jeremy, you get to be in the old farts table now because I mean, I'm brought- off my parents' insurance. So yeah, sure. there you go. You could rent the car. Um, yes, so she can. Yes, can. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Chris for that, and stay tuned for more content this week. Yes, lots of content coming your way. Uh, perhaps some, perhaps some special stuff. Uh, but definitely a live stream uh, coming up on uh, yeah Thursday, and then off off we go into the summer sunset before you know it. But we're not there yet. A lot of business to be done. Um, until then, don't forget uh, if you dig the show, drop us a five star rating, uh, leave a kind review. And of course, if you're not already subscribed to either this or the YouTube channel, um, do so. There's no better time to do so than right now. Uh, Thank you for spending another Monday with us. And we will talk to you soon. Peace out.